You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Before we get started with this episode of the podcast, we just want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Cross Timbers Church. Not only are they graciously hosting us as we're recording this very podcast, but they have just constantly been so faithful to help us out and partner with us in so many ways. From offering their incredible worship band for our annual cross exam event last year, as well as our beginning of the year worship night this year, to even providing a place for our graduation ceremony. Cross Timbers has just time and time again been an amazing example of godly neighbors and the biblical church. Plus, their youth pastor, the amazing Lizzie Kevlin, is not only a Liberty alumni, but she has volunteered as a leader on multiple of our mission trips in Guatemala and in Louisiana, and it's just been awesome pouring into our students. And we just love and support the great things that she's doing there with Cross Timbers Youth. So if you and your family are new to the area or you're searching for a church home, Cross Timbers Church is a wonderful place and we highly recommend. So again, big thanks for everything that they're doing to support Liberty. All right. Welcome in Liberty families to the SLT podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We are excited to uh, really begin and start our series uh, this semester on culture here at Liberty. And so if you haven't yet, go back and check out our previous episode and also our older episodes as well. Uh, My name is Taylor. I'm Sam. And you're rude. I thought we were going in a circle. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, there's three people. I know, but last time we went this way. I'm I'm Taylor. I, I didn't mean to mess it up. I didn't mean to mess it up. Who are you? I'll let you go first. Well, I already did. You said you were Seth. I said I'm Seth. <laughs> I'm Sam. And I'm Courtney. Mm. And we are your <laughs> spiritual life team here at Liberty. Aren't you so thankful? Yeah, you're so <laughs> grateful. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. Yay. Sam. And so... <laughs> all right. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be one of those episodes. Hey, just rest. Okay. That's a good tie-in. That's a good tie-in. Well, today we're going to be talking about rest. Thank you, Courtney. Um, And about Sabbath rest versus cheap rest. And so knowing that we live in a high achieving culture, uh, accomplishing much and wanting to do everything with excellence, uh, sometimes we run until we're empty and then some. And so how do we honor the Lord in pursuing excellence, but also obeying the Lord um, in Sabbathing well, that we can accomplish all that the Lord has for us and also honor him in everything that we do. And so we thought it would be a fun thing to talk about when we were the most delusional, the most exhausted, (laughs) the most tired time. What is the longest that you've gone without sleeping? I'll go first because I feel like you guys are just going to definitely have um, great stories regarding this question. Um, I really am having a difficult time pinpointing. Uh, actually, I think I got it. Um, I am quite the procrastinator, so I was going to say that there have been many a nights where I've pulled all-nighters to complete projects, papers, tests, you name it, yep, sure. um, in high school and college. But I think the longest that I have gone without sleep and standing, adding in an extra thing. Oh, wow. Was in high school, we did um, this thing where we stood for 26 hours. It was stand for freedom to represent the 26 million people at the time who were enslaved currently. Now it's a lot more than that. But it was basically like a stand for freedom. And so we all stood at our school for 26 hours and it was... Where did y'all stand at? I mean, 
uh, it started off in one area. Then we did worship like at the football field and like had different interactive things. It was actually really cool. Did prayer walks around the school, um, had parents volunteer to come do different things for us, but it was just to give us an awareness of the world that we were at. And, um, it was really good. I had really bad kinkles at the end of it from standing for so long. So <laughs> the, the cost more of you freedom. Know. <laughs> what? Now you know. I feel like we should just do the part where I talk about procrastinating things. <laughs> I'm naming my fantasy Team Courtney's kinkles. Oh gosh. <laughs> for freedom. <laughs> for free. I don't think cankles is something people say you get. Like, swollen ankles are not the same thing as cankles. I thought it was. What's no, the difference? Like, no, it's like when you can't see your ankle anymore. I thought yeah, that was a cankle. No, yeah, it is. But well, it's you for get like one when you're. Who, no, it's, yeah, like on airplanes. People get those on airplanes. That's why they buy those compression I'm socks. Gonna, I'm just going to let you be wrong about this one. I'm going to Google it. I mean, Google, this isn't that. Yeah, please I mean, Google cankles. Let's see. Go, you go Do right you ahead. I mean, this, is, I mean this, is, this is okay. No, okay. Right? I know like, what a cankle oh, is. No. This says that you can get cankles from anything from salty food <laughs> to standing too long. Yeah, let me just specifically tailor my Google search so that I'm right <laughs> by the results. My uh. Google was, do you get cankles from standing for too long? It's not. No. Oh, that'll no. be fun okay. to all edit well, out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should restart this. So how? Well, how long? How long did you go without sleep for doing that? It was over 26 hours because it started at the end of a school day, mm. and then went or the halfway through one school day, and then went through the end of the next school day. Uh huh. And then I still like, you know, how to go home and stuff. So I was awake for, I don't know. At least like 30 hours at least. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Who needs it? Anyways, (laughs) you guys tell us, uh, what are y'all's stories about how long you've gone without sleep? Last time I don't prepare my answer to one of these questions. Yeah. I'm going to cheat a little bit on my answer because it's not going to be like necessarily like without stopping to sleep. It was just not real sleep. Right. When I was a youth pastor before working at Liberty, like when you do summer camps, you don't really sleep. Like you get those, you know, two, three hours, quote unquote, or like when you're a camp counselor, right? Like those are not, that's not actual sleep. No, you're like physically turning your brain off for just long enough. It's basically like resetting your router of your internet, right? You're half awake because you're responsible for (laughs) 10 children. Yes. And so that you're 18. I, I gained a reputation um, for like the last day of summer camp, which for us, because we always took our, our youth group to Colorado for summer camp on a bus and made that like 14 to 16 hour drive, depending for us, it was 16. Yay. And uh, man, on the last day of doing that, when you have spent literally everything you have, all of your energy, you've poured out everything you have, and then all that's left of you is just this delirious mess. That is a dark place. Mm. That is a dark, dark place. <laughs> and so imagine that for 14 hours. And I remember... Like I can actually see the faces of the students going, going from like entertained to like genuine concern and fear of like, is he okay? (laughs) Because man, deliriousness is fun, but is it worth it? I'd say yeah. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. The quote book, the quote yes. book grows a lot during that yes. time. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, it shouldn't though. Burn the quote book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timo. Um, so I was in college. Uh, it was related to school. So I was an architecture student uh, when I was in college, and my freshman year in studio uh, for our final project, we 
essentially as an entire studio uh, kind of stayed up and did all-nighters to finish our final project. So I remember staying 50 hours straight. I remember that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Five zero. Five zero. Jeez, 50 dude. hours straight. So, and most of that was in studio working on and things. And you don't even drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I drank a lot of Monster and Red Bull. Oh, gross. And I could feel like my heart, you know, doing things it shouldn't. Oh. Um, and Falling in love. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, mm. exactly. That's when he first saw Andrea. Wow. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but but whenever with this, okay, so we're in architecture, we're doing our projects, and we're working, for any of you guys know, uh, we're working with Strathmore. Uh, oh, yeah. Like cardboard. It's no. like really nice white cardboard to make our finished product models. So we've worked with like lower grade stuff to do all the, the, the practice things. So like mm-hmm. kids? And this, yeah. Oh. And this is the, the final project. So this is our, our final portion of it. So we're making it with all of it. We're doing mm-hmm. nice, clean cut. It's this bright white material. Yes. And one of my uh, one of my friends who's you know standing next to me working on his project, um, he looks over and he goes, huh. And I look over and on his bright white uh, Strathmore cardboard that he's making this model out of, there's like these red dots on it. Oh boy. And he's like, hmm. And I look over and so remind you, we have not slept for a long time. Uh, we're really tired. We're exhausted. We're delirious. And we're also kind of shaky a little bit because we're really hopped up on a lot of energy drinks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we're cutting things mm-hmm. with our X-Acto knives. And so he had cut off the tip of his finger uh, mm. while cutting this X-Acto knife. And he didn't notice this until we pointed it out. Oh. And then he fainted. And then we oh had to take uh, oh, So he got some rest. Yeah, he got some rest. Yeah. <laughs> what a happy he had to go to the emergency cool. room and uh, he got some stitches and all of those things. Uh, and he made it back to do his presentation for his board. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, after 50 hours of being delirious, yeah. we also had to present our things to our professors of why we made the things we did, how we did them. Man. And it was all nonsense. We were just making stuff up as we went along. This is a great intro into this rest podcast because you know when you don't slow down and rest you scare the people around you at sam um Mm -hmm. you get cankles apparently (laughs) and (laughs) blood will be spilled and you may end up at the er it's fine we're fine so yeah (laughs) that's the marker for if you've worked hard enough on something yet is are you bleeding no then you keep going right blood sweat and tears that's yeah. the saying. That's the th- that's the saying. That's the marker. Should it be? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. Oh goodness. <laughs> well, speaking of um, weird cultural things like blood, sweat, and tears, of like markings of pride, of like how hard you've worked on something mm. and how much effort you've put in, and oh man, like I've stayed up for however many hours because I'm successful and I'm Elon Musk and I get five hours of sleep a night and my brain still functions well enough to go to Mars. Like, clearly, the point of our stories is that that's not actually healthy. And as we'll talk about today, it's not actually what God desires for us. Mm. So there's an interesting thing um, in the Bible that God has prepared a good work for us. We see this in Ephesians, that God has prepared good works for us to do, Mm -hmm. uh, that we would walk in them. And so, but we also have this uh, dichotomy there that God also has this thing called resting. Um, and when we look at our Bibles, there's mm-hmm. this thing called Sabbath rest. So guys, what is Sabbath rest and why does that matter? Sabbath is something that I get super excited about personally. Um, and it, the word itself is 
rest. Like that is what God has given us. And I'm excited for us to dive into how it's a command and it's also a gift and why God has just worked that into the the fabric of creation. Mm. Um, and so it really is something that's so, so beautiful when we rightly understand it in scripture and are able to experience the good Um, the goodness that God has offered us through Sabbath. Mm. And one of my favorite, why does it matter? One of my favorite quotes about this is from Corey Ten Boom. And one of the things that she says is that if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. Mm. And I think that that just fits our, our culture in America specifically, but also just in the world. So well of, Hey, we really take pride in our busyness that um, people, you know, wouldn't normally brag about breaking 10 commandments, but this is one of the 10 commandments that God um, has given us. And yet we see that in daily conversations, and I'm prone to doing this because it's just so much a phrase of our culture is that people ask how you're doing and you answer busy, that that is now um, kind of taken the term of importance to us, that how busy we are shows how much we matter to the world, to our family, to society, to how we're contributing and being able to recognize like, okay, is this busyness keeping me from actually um, my awareness and a need for a savior and my connection to him? And so I think that this is a really important topic for us, uh, like we said in our last podcast of, hey, at Liberty, we really are high achieving individuals and we're encouraging our students to even be that way and to do things to the glory of God and for the sake of his name. But part of that includes this rhythm of rest and Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so what do we need to do in order to do that? And so starting off just from the Old Testament, what does this look like? How did God um, just initiate the idea of rest? Yeah. So whenever we see in the Old Testament uh, about a Sabbath, about rest, we see this from the very beginning. Uh, and it's even in the way that God created everything. Our God is a God of order and not of chaos. And so he creates in the first six days. And then on the seventh day, he rests. And so this is a rhythm that even God put into the fabric of creation, that he set it as an example. Now, did God have to rest? No. He doesn't. He is um, infinitely powerful, all-knowing, all-powerful, able to do all things. And in his infinite wisdom, he saw that the need for us to have rest would be modeled in even how he created everything. And so we can even look at the rhythm that God made uh, for creation. And so we see that, man, we can't run endlessly. Uh, If we try it, our production will start to tank. It'll start to dip. Everybody has a breaking point. And so whenever you don't Sabbath, when we don't rest, we're actually going against the rhythm that God created for us and to function in the best way possible. And so it's, it's really interesting whenever we don't stop, we actually will suffer physical consequences, right? Our immune system goes down, we get exhausted, our our work ability depletes, our mental health goes down, Mm -hmm. we practice burnout. We we have all of these things whenever we try to keep going, 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 uh, we do worse and worse and worse. And Mm -hmm. so the beautiful thing about this rest, even a daily rest, like the fact that we need sleep is a reminder that we are not God Mm. and that we can't accomplish everything. Um, and so God put this in us to remind us that we need him, that we can accomplish all these things by ourselves. And whenever we believe that we can do all these things, it's going to end poorly and it's going to lead to a burnout. And so, uh, God, what this Sabbath is, is modeled for us by God for our blessing and benefit, not to hinder us or restrict us from achieving all of our goals and all of our dreams, but 
to be in a line with how God's made us. And I love too that in, in Genesis, when it talks about in Genesis two, when it says that God um, rested on the seventh day, it calls this day holy. It says God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work and that he had done in creation. And so just, this is the first time in all of scripture that the word holy is used. And so this would have, to the um, readers of this time, it really would have just captured their attention immediately of, okay, this is a holy day that it has been um, set apart, that it's sacred. And they are, that we have the ability to enter into this day is really entering into um, the presence of God that we can experience him in a different way um, when we stop and recognize who he is. And so I just love that little fact that this is the first place that we see in scripture where God uses the word holy and it's about a day like a time period and an act of resting. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So whenever this becomes an idea in Jewish culture, uh, it's given to them in Exodus 20. And this is the big uh, on the mountain, getting the tablets. God's written in there, right? Ten commandments that you saw in preschool that were written on the walls or Sunday school or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you see it outside of different government buildings, any of these things, like we see the basic commandments. And on there, there's things of like, don't kill people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Don't steal things. And this is one that doesn't feel like it fits there, but it says to rest, to honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And that's on the same playing field as don't murder somebody. Mm-hmm. This is very important. And it's interesting that this is a command. It's not a suggestion. Um, it's a command by God. And I think that this is a command uh, because if we thought it was just a suggestion, I don't think any of us would take it. Mm. Because I think inwardly, we all want to say, I can do this. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can work hard enough and I can achieve it. But this is a command of God to say, hey, this is how I made it to work. And you need to honor this. And so it's a really beautiful thing uh, because it was given to them um, in Exodus 20. And it was introduced to the Israelites after they were slaves in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And now these commandments were to have the Israelites to be set apart from all the surrounding nations, that they would be unique, that there'd be something different about them. And so as a culture, they were to take this day of rest in trusting that God was going to provide for them, even on an entire day where productivity was lacking and came to a still, that their trust wasn't built in their ability to produce, but their trust was in the provision of God. And they were going to model that by giving an entire day over to the Lord and trust him in that. And I think what's so good too is in the commandment, how God says, hey, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. So it is holy, but to keep it holy and to remember it. And I think that that is um, comforting, at least to me, that he has called us to remember it because we do, we forget and that we are prone to this amnesia of um, thinking that we can do this on our own and that we we don't need to slow down. Um, And we're called to remember it because there is a rhythm to creation and there is a creation creator and that, you know, our life is more than just waking up and working and repeating. Um, but instead that we get this gift, like Taylor was talking about in order to actually enjoy this time. Um, and one of the pictures that I love of this idea is just, even when you give like people you love, whether it's your children or whoever it is, gifts for Christmas, um, the way that someone can pay you back, quote unquote, for that generosity is not to actually pay you back for it, but by showing your 
like how much you enjoy the gift that has been given. I think that um, a lot of times, at least for myself, when I give people gifts and I've put a lot of time or energy or effort or even finances into giving that gift, the sweetest thing is when you get to see their reaction and how much they love to enjoy it. And in the same way, this gift of Sabbath and rest that God has given us, that we are able to enjoy God's creation and gifts and time with him. And that's the way that we're um, able to worship him for giving us this uh, idea of Sabbath and resting. And so what does the new, what does it look like when we go into the New Testament? I think that sometimes there's some confusion of, okay, well, that's in the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. What about in the New Testament when we walk into um, Jesus walking on earth and uh, the, the new law that he has given us and written on our hearts? How does Sabbath translate there? Well, I know in like modern Jewish culture, I guess an Orthodox Jewish culture, to honor the Sabbath, and even in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, what that meant was literally and legally that they were not allowed to do any kind of work on Saturday. And that even got into some specifics that, um, like, I'll be honest, I'm not even sure about, but it got very, very specific mm-hmm. about you couldn't even do certain things that you and I wouldn't even consider work, but like walking to certain places or like getting water. Like, I'm pretty sure they had to store up food and things like for the day so that they couldn't be considered working to go and like get stuff. And So as we're talking about this, there's a conception that what we're talking about when we're saying Sabbath is that you can't do anything. You have to force yourself to not work. And I mean, even listening to this, you might be thinking like, so is it wrong for me to work on weekends or like to work on evenings or on Saturdays? If I have a deadline that's coming up, like, is this sinful? If it's, if God cares about it so much to mention it as a commandment to Sabbath, is that wrong? Like, where's that line and how has that evolved now in the new Testament and Jesus actually had to deal with this um, in a situation where he was kind of called out by the Pharisees for not honoring the Sabbath. Yeah, so it was interesting. Whenever the Pharisees came to Jesus after Jesus heals a man, uh, and they say, yo, you're you're healing people on this Sabbath? Like, this is not okay. And uh, Jesus' response to this, uh, we see there in uh, in Mark chapter 2, he says that the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. And so the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so we have to understand that this rhythm that God has made for us is not that we have another law that we have to abide by in having to set everything down for the Sabbath, but knowing that this Sabbath rest was made for man, knowing that we would need it. Mm -hmm. And so it is a gift from God that we don't have to do, but that we get to do. And so um, whenever we have a culture that says that, hey, in order to get ahead in life, you got to work yourself down to the bone Mm. and your your worth is tied into what you can accomplish and what you can achieve. Jesus says that, no, 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 no. My love for you and your identity as a child of God is in direct opposition to that. Your value doesn't come what you what you can do and accomplish. Your value comes from the fact that you're mine. Mm. and that I laid my life down for you, and there's nothing that you can do or achieve that will increase your value more yeah. than my love and sacrifice for you. Right. And so we get to participate in this rest, a true rest, knowing that no matter what we do or accomplish, um, that we are a child, a son or daughter of God, and we get to rest in that. One of my favorite things is how Um, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he hadn't started his ministry yet. He hadn't started doing the things that made him famous for being Jesus going around and healing and doing the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the teachings that he had been doing. But when he was 
baptized by John the Baptist and he came up out of the water, the voice of God, his father rang out and said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Like I'm pleased with my son. And that was before Jesus did anything. He had not started healing people and raising them from the dead. He had not started going and teaching and doing all the things. He had not even died on the cross yet for our sins, but God was pleased with him for who he was and for who he was declaring he was, not for the stuff that he was doing. Mm. And I think too, Jesus just gives us this great example of someone who is practicing solitude and rest and going back and spending time with the father that he intentionally had this rhythm of his life where he would get away um, and rest that he would recharge. And if the son of God had this as part of our rhythms and if God himself created this as his rhythm in Genesis, like how much more is it a necessity for us that we need to be practicing this? And in Hebrews 4, it also talks about this, um, the Sabbath rest that was given for the people of God in verse 11 says, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And it's just talking about how like the nation of Israel experienced some experienced consequences for not following this um, call to Sabbath rest. And like the, the author of Hebrews is saying, Hey, we should be striving to enter this rest that it truly is a gift that we get the opportunity to partake in this, um, that we may not experience some of those natural consequences that Taylor was talking about over of just getting earlier about getting burnt out um, and overwhelmed by just getting physically exhausted by experiencing, um, reactions, maybe even like anxiety, or I think just getting our eyes lifted up off of ourselves and onto our creator and practicing the sovereignty of God by recognizing his role in our lives. And so what are the ways that we can practically just apply this to our lives? What does it look like to walk in practicing the Sabbath? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And first Sabbath begins with stopping. Um, it is to stop and embrace our limits and know that God is sovereign and that there is more to do than we could ever get done. And so knowing that we live with the reality that we are going to die with unread emails in our inboxes, mm-hmm. like we are going to have things unfinished in our life and that's okay because we are not God. And there's going to be things when you walk away from work that there's going to be more work to do tomorrow. Um, that I love what our pastor says that he has to consciously put his hands on his desk and say, God, thank you for getting me through today. And I know that there will be more tomorrow, but you are God and I am not. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust you in this. And I'm going to walk away knowing that you're faithful to complete the work that you've started. And so he'll put his hands on his desk and walk away and leave that to the Lord, knowing that there is always work to be done um, and trusting that there is a God who knows, loves, and cares about the things that you're doing, um, that we're building the kingdom together. And so we have to stop and recognize those things because there is a God and it's not us. And so we see in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And it's in this fact that we stop and we acknowledge God for who he is that we rest. So we stop 
we acknowledge God for who he is, and then we rest because God modeled this for us and rested after his work and we recognize that the image of God is in us. And so we model what the Lord has done for us as well. And then the next two things that we wanted to talk about that Sabbath includes is um, delight and to comp contemplate. And so the next thing is that we also delight in what we've been given and rejoice in and enjoy the things that the Lord has blessed us with. So this was kind of like that example of um, enjoying the gift that you have been given kind of like a little kid on Christmas. But in Isaiah 58, this is what is kind of told of the Sabbath is that we would call the Sabbath a delight and that the holy day of the Lord would be honorable. And so the in it, this gets to be part of delighting in the Lord and that there's freedom in that. And I think that one of the things about Sabbath that we kind of lose ourselves in is that oftentimes we look to make it kind of like, oh, this is a rule and this is how I'm supposed to do it. And there are wrongs and rights and here's how I'm supposed to do it and not supposed to do it. And I think that if we get lost there, then we miss out on the whole purpose of Sabbath. And so two of the questions that we always like to filter things through for what does it look like to delight um, in the Lord is to even ask the question of, hey, is this rest and is this worship? And if it's a yes to both of those things, then just to enjoy it guilt-free, that there is so much freedom in the act or idea of Sabbath instead of feeling confined to doing a specific set of things. So it doesn't mean that for 24 hours, you're just sitting there like reading your Bible and, um, you know, trying to be this good Christian um, guy or girl, but instead that is delighting in the Lord. And also the other part is to contemplate so that we would contemplate the God that we serve and recognize that this is just um, a glimpse of the rest that is still to come. And so, yes, part of that is like having spiritual disciplines incorporated into your day, but it also could be taking a nap. It could be calling someone that you love or getting time with them. Um, it could be going on a walk around your neighborhood and just enjoying the nature and um, recalling how big the world is outside of ourselves. And so I think that that is one of the things that gets me so excited about the conversation of Sabbath is just the freedom that I've experienced experienced in it. Um, this is something that is a, is a regular rhythm in the Crenshaw household. And so Luke and I have conversations of, hey, if we aren't able to Sabbath on the weekend because we're out of town or something, that we're intentionally like spending time on a weekday night to Sabbath and to rest well because we've seen the um, the difference it makes in the rest of our week when we have taken time to intentionally rest and reconnect with the Lord, to reconnect with one another, to family members. Um, and so that is kind of the outline we wanted to share with you guys that we would stop and embrace our limits, rest in the Lord, that we would delight in all that he has given us and that we would contemplate who he is in the ways that we get to serve him. And I think that this last part is kind of the harder part on Sabbath for me personally, um, is delighting in the rest because whenever I'm trying to rest or just trying to enjoy like what the Lord has given me uh, is initially I'm thinking about all the work that I should be doing mm -hmm. or knowing that like me not doing stuff now means I'm gonna have to do more later and so it's almost like creating like this anxiousness in me about like all the stuff that I have to get done and I'm not contemplating how good God is I'm contemplating how much work I have to do when I get back into working right mm -hmm. um, and so I think really trying to take that intentional time in really focusing. Um, and it kind of takes a little bit to get into that mindset. Absolutely. It's not an immediate thing. It, it takes a little while to do. And I heard a pastor who said this, that for Sabbathing looks a little bit different for different people. 
And so whatever you do to provide for your family, to provide for, uh, for yourselves, whatever your job and vocation is, like if you work with your hands, uh, then Sabbath for you would mean worshiping with your mind. Um, and if you use your mind and your brain, then man, maybe we need to, uh, rest and Sabbath with our hands. And so for me, whenever I am trying to develop content and teaching the word and, and going through and meeting with students, being highly relational, all of these things, Sabbath for me means, man, I love working on projects around the house that I'm able to work with my hands, uh, kind of let those things at work kind of go to the side and enjoy what God's given me in building things. Uh, for some of us, if we're normally building things and maybe we need to rest our hands um, in, in physical things to rest from, and we just get to enjoy what God's given us there. And so whatever you find your rhythm to be, know that a Sabbath doesn't just have to include you're sitting and reading the Bible and praying the entire day. Mm -hmm. um, that's not what it's talking about. And so sometimes I feel like we have that expectation or we feel like that's just what we're supposed to do as good Christian people. Um, but God really has um, so many things for us on the Sabbath to delight in what he's given us. And so for me, that means to like really truly enjoy the family uh, that he's given me um, and being with my wife and being with my boys and in delighting in those things that I just get to be dad in those moments. I don't have to be provider in those moments, right? Like we get to rest in what God's given us. And so um, how do we do this practically? So how do we really stop, rest, delight, and contemplate? Um, how do we actually set this up to work? So what's practical advice on how to actually make this happen for us? So I think practically, like, the interesting thing is God designed us to rest no matter what. If you don't sleep, you're going to die. Like that is a physical, natural, mm -hmm. truth is true. reality. And so it's not like you can just choose to keep drinking coffee or keep drinking, you know, monster energy drinks and power through and power through and power. I mean, you can, but it's not going to end well for you. And then you'll get to talk to Jesus about it face to face yourself <laughs> and ask him why you were so wrong. Um, but that's built into our natural design is the need for rest. But what's interesting, what I've noticed is first off, recognizing your own patterns of what you are doing to rest and seeing where they might be unhealthy. Because this is all about the difference between this deep spiritual rest that actually is obeying the command versus doing nothing. Um, doing nothing is not Sabbath resting. It's not spiritual godly resting. Um, you might realize like we, we jokingly say like just watch Netflix all day or, you know, just sit around the house and watch TV or play video games or whatever that is well, for you. Right now, you. just watch NFL football or college football the entire weekend. Exactly. <laughs> like, Sorry. That sounds, <laughs> and you know, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that, but um, that sounds relaxing. But have you ever noticed that like when you do those things for a long period of time, you end up more tired than when you started, yeah. right? Like when you quote unquote binge watch a show on Netflix or something, you feel more tired at the end. And you think about it, and you're like, dude, I did nothing this entire time. And my brain wasn't working. I was thinking about this thing that I was watching, this entertainment. But, And that's the difference right there. It's recognizing that unhealthy pattern of saying, I'm not doing anything. Well, and that includes you're not getting godly rest. Mm -hmm. So it's stopping those patterns and it's identifying, like, what does make you filled up? Like what Courtney talked about, like what actually restores you to the point where afterwards you're feeling like, man, I feel so good. I feel genuinely rested and refreshed and ready mm -hmm. to continue doing all the different things that God has called me to do, whether it's your job, whether it's leading your family, whether it's being a mom or dad, like those things are exhausting. And so for me, I know personally, it's like, I love to get out in nature. And sadly, there's not too much around here. <laughs> there's nah. not a lot of nature, like hiking <laughs> and stuff. But man, when we can go on vacation, like go into the mountains, to me, that's everything. Like, 
which is crazy because I'm doing something like I'm out there hiking, like it's very physical and active. But when we do that, I feel so rested in my soul and my deepest part that I'm refreshed. And when I come back here and get back to work, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like a new person. I feel completely refreshed. And that's because I'm getting that soul rest that I need because when I hike for me personally, I'm doing something that God designed specifically for me. He knew that I would love that. And so really I'm spending that time with God. Um, when I'm hiking, I'm spending time with Jesus in his presence and enjoying God. And that's what really rests your soul. So I think for all of you that are listening, it's recognizing what makes you feel refreshed, whether that is doing a devotion, doing a Bible study, whether that's resting, setting aside all of your work, whether that's taking a vacation or a walk with your dog. I don't know. It could be all sorts of things. It could be taking a nap, but it's the ability to recognize practically looking at yourself and saying, when I do these things and I'm done doing them, do I feel refreshed or do I feel more exhausted than when Mm. I started? That's so good, Sam. And I think exactly what you're saying of, Hey, it's different than just not doing anything. Um, and it's also different than just having, okay, this is the day where I do all my honeydews or I get done. Like, you know, my checklist of all the things I've been putting off, um, that it's, it's different than just a day off in that, remember earlier we were talking about how God called this day holy, that it should be set apart and special and intentional. And part of what we see throughout scripture too, is that that doesn't come without preparation. So Sabbath isn't going to just happen, but it takes some intentional thought. Mm -hmm. And like Taylor said too, it takes practice. Like it's not going to feel totally normal and natural at first. You're going to be like, okay, I should be doing something else or maybe I shouldn't have set this time aside. And maybe it starts off by just setting aside an hour and then it becomes two hours um, throughout the different weeks and you grow and become more comfortable in that when you see that the Lord really did set this aside for our benefit that we would be able to enjoy and delight in him um, and be intentional about that time. And I love too what Sam was saying and one of the things that ways that we've remembered this a little bit easier easier is um, that you would divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. And that's one of the things that we have created in our lives that Sam was even just talking about of, hey, that we would divert daily, that we would spend time with the Lord daily, that that's how we begin our days is um, in a quiet time or connecting with the Lord. And then we would withdraw weekly. So we would have more time set aside to Sabbath. And for us, it's on Sundays, um, but that we would be intentional on that day. And then we would abandon annually. So um, he was talking about going hiking in the mountains. For us, we always are trying to set aside at least one time when we can annually abandon everything that we have going on and that's on our plate so that we can intentionally um, spend time taking a life category real or a life catalog and really looking at different categories of our lives and being like, hey, how how are we doing in these areas? Where do we need to reset? Um, how can we spend this time? Yes, relaxing, but not just relaxing, but being restored to who we are called to be, to what God has given us in our specific purpose um, and how we're carrying out his kingdom. And so um, that we would prepare for those things and that we would be intentional when we divert daily, withdraw weekly and abandon annually, even in the busiest of times. Mm Yeah. And I think it's really key too that um, knowing that this podcast is for our families here at Liberty Christian uh, is that the practices that we model as parents, our children will pick up on and imitate. Yeah. And so if we as parents are not taking time to rest, then neither will our children. 
And so our children's propensity will be to find their value and worth in the things that they do. Mm -hmm. And they will find that they can never get off the train and rest on what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so as much as we want to develop students who are pursuing excellence in everything that they do, we also want them to honor the Lord and the commandments that he's given us that will lead to life. And so we don't want to overburden um, our schedules. We don't want to chalk fill them to the brim that we have no leeway and give to be unable to Sabbath. And so a lot of times when I talk to people about Sabbath, they're like, I just don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And so, but this is the commandment of the Lord. And so we need to orient and plan our schedules to make sure that Sabbath can happen. And so I've, I've heard of, of a pastor saying that we need to orient the other six days so this, that yeah. the seventh day can happen, um, that we find this to be so important in our lives and vital to um, our life thriving in a way that God's commanded to, that we make it a priority and that we make it happen. And so a challenge that I have for me uh, that I need to do a better job of and also wanting to encourage you guys too um, is to evaluate the time that we have as a family and to, to evaluate the schedule that we have for ourselves and to say, Hey, like what is most valuable in our life? How are we spending our time and are we honoring and obeying the Lord's commandment in resting um, in Sabbathing well, knowing that it's a reflection um, to our kids and also our reflection to our love for what the Lord has said for us. And so uh, this is a hard thing. Um, in America, it is very difficult to rest. Um, it is very difficult to think that while we rest, other people are getting ahead. We are no longer the best. I want to always uh, be working, always grinding, always trying to get better. Um, but we also have to acknowledge that we are to be a people who are different, that we are mm-hmm. set apart from culture, uh, that we are set apart from those who are around us. And what a strange people we at Liberty would be if we followed what it meant to rest. Yeah. And that when our neighbors looked at us and they would say, hey, I see that you're you're here. I know what you do for a living. Why aren't you burnt out? Like Mm -hmm. you're not exhausted all the time. Like you, you have the capacity to ask how other people are doing because you're not so caught up in ourselves. Like, how are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Because I'm drowning in all the expectations. And we can say, you know what? Uh, Because I'm listening to the God who made everything and how it's supposed to function best. And I'm doing my best to stumble forward in obedience to that. And so um, I want to challenge everybody to try to take him at his word and say, you know what? this might seem counterproductive to actually rest in order to get more out of life. Um, but won't God do it, um, in blessing his children in obedience. And so, um, I need to do this better. And so this isn't someone saying who has it all together, but that we can stumble forward in this together. And so this is a really big one and this will make us unique and distinct from the rest of culture. Just look at Chick-fil-A. Come on now. Yeah. And if you're interested in learning more about Sabbath, um, some really awesome resources that I have found are there is a book called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that is by good one. John Mark Comer. And then there's another great book called To Hell with the Hustle by Jefferson Bethke. And the two of them, if you're not if you're a reader, I would 10 out of 10 recommend both of those. Um, and if you're more of a podcaster, which I bet you are because you're here, um, the two of them also came out with a pod uh, like a mini series podcast together um if that's even what many podcasts are called when there's just a few question sure. mark. i think that's true you know whatever um what? the two of them came out with a podcast series together talking just about sabbath and how do we rest when we're in this crazy culture that we are in and so would recommend that as well to sum it all up i mean it's basically like this 
it's like a muscle, right? You have to have rest days. Even our strength and conditioning coach, who is a mountain of a man, David Neal, would agree. Like, you have to have rest days. Those are absolutely integral. Your muscles are designed in a way where they will not rebuild themselves stronger, no matter how hard you work them. Even if you're doing an amazingly healthy workout regimen, if you're not getting rest, they will not rebuild themselves and they will not be strong enough to continue going and continue growing. And the same is with our souls and the same is with our minds and our hearts. So whatever it is that you're setting yourself to, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, um, as you're pursuing it, get that godly rest, get that Sabbath in whatever way that you need to do. And if you're not sure, then check out the resources Courtney mentioned or talk to someone, reach out to any of us. We would love to help you figure out um, what it is that rests your soul so that you can be restored and rebuilt and you can be equipped to continue pursuing the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of mm-hmm. your strength every single day and be that for your family. And what an awesome culture it would be if we were a people who were um, bragging about rest instead of bragging about how much work we got done um, and demonstrating God's love in that way. So as we continue this conversation about culture in the coming weeks, thank you so much for listening to these podcasts. And we hope you were resting while you listened to it. You know, maybe kick the feet back, maybe enjoy a nice bubble bath the next time you're listening to the SLT podcast. <laughs> Get some fine cheeses, some artisan figs, perhaps. Charcuterie board. Ooh, now that sounds nice to me. Thanks for listening. And I mean, we won't see you next time. It's a podcast. Yep. One of these days I'm going to learn that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.